Many of us don't think about the dangers of childbirth until it directly impacts us. But 700 women a year die during pregnancy or within the first year of giving birth. Black women are three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes than white women. Today, I'm talking with boho mama, the doula and herbalist, Sharday Simpson, about her life as a doula and how we all can do more to reduce Black maternal mortality. Maintaining a happy and healthy relationship takes work, even if that relationship is with yourself. There's work required to attain and maintain a meaningful life. Anything worth having is worth fighting for, and our relationships are certainly worth the fight. I use my personal struggles to help inspire my coaching and mentoring practice because I know what it feels like to be unhappy with yourself and in your relationship. I mentor singles on how to attract and find love and women who are struggling to rekindle the passion and romance in their relationship by offering support and tools to transform their love story. When unhappiness has overwhelmed you, how do you transform your mindset? When a disagreement in your relationship gets you off balance, how do you get back on track? Let's talk about it. Welcome to Your Day and Beyond podcast, episode 30. I'm your host, dating and relationship coach, Seanette Ahiabi. According to an article I read by the CDC, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, Working Together to Reduce Black Maternal Mortality, published April the 6th, 2022, Each year in the United States, about 700 women die during pregnancy or in the year after. Another 50,000 women each year have unexpected outcomes of labor and delivery with serious short or long-term health consequences. Two out of three of these maternal tragedies are preventable. Simply by recognizing urgent maternal warning signs, providing timely treatment and quality care. Today, I'm exploring this controversial issue with Boho Mama, the doula, and herbalist, Sharday Simpson. Sharday is a free-spirited, radical, holistic, hipster, wife, mother, and doula who has provided physical and emotional support to over 40 mothers and counting. Her greatest form of activism is educating the masses on Black maternal health, while also co-creating and ensuring that we continue to steward, care for, and learn from the very realm that nourishes us, offers us medicine, and keeps us thriving. Welcome, Sharday. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. Well, Shari, I always like to begin each session with a prayer. So let's begin with prayer and then get into our discussion about birthing babies and staying balanced and racial disparities in maternal health and what we can do to reduce Black maternal mortality. 
Heavenly Father, we just come to you today just giving you glory and honor for this day, Lord. Thank you for waking us up and giving us breath. Lord, we are in a world that is full of problems, full of evil, but we know that you reign supreme, God. And we know that as we stand up as Christians against what evil the world has planned, God, we know that we can come against anything that is coming up against us. And we pray for our nation today, God. We pray for other countries today, God. We pray that your blessings rain down and peace rain down all over the world today, God. God, we also pray that our eyes be open as a society to the disparities and the inequities dealing with childbirth, God. No woman should have to die from childbirth with all of the technology that we have available. And we just pray that the unfairness and the evil that is going on in that realm, God, be destroyed right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I lift up my guest today, Sharday Simpson. God, just bless her, help her bless us with wisdom and, and just drop pearls of wisdom all over with this topic that we're talking about and open our eyes to things that we didn't know about and just give us all that she has to give us today in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, getting to know Sharday Boho Mama Badula. I love that. I love that. I love that. And herbalist. Tell me about Sharday. What inspires you and what makes you happy? Ooh, what inspires me? I'll say my family inspires me. My family inspires me to keep going. Another thing that inspires me, I would say, is looking at where I came from as a stay at home mom when I didn't I didn't know my purpose that every day I am inspired by that old Chardé to keep going and to keep thriving and to keep setting new goals for myself. Awesome. So does that old Chardé that when you look back on the old Chardé and you get inspired by that, is it inspired to do more, to do better, to go further? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I never want to be that low again. I just remember just going throughout my days, not having a purpose, not knowing what I love to do and just really taking care of home, but not being completely satisfied. I never want to feel that feeling again. So that's enough inspiration for me. Awesome. And I love that because a lot of people won't admit that it's not enough sometimes to just be home and be caring for the, the children. I, I was walking with a friend um, not too long ago and she's a stay at home mom and she has two, two little ones. And she kept saying, I am so ready to go back to work. And I know that's not good to say. And I was like, well, I was judging her before mm -hmm. I realized it. I was like, well, the baby's not even one year old yet. Mm -hmm. Don't mm -hmm. you want to wait? And, mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I got home later that I was like, that's not enough for her. Mm -hmm. That's not, you know, she wants, she, she can be more than that. And how Absolutely. dare I? you know, look at her in judgment for not wanting to wait till her baby got to a certain age. And, you know, so yes, our purpose is important. We, we're multidimensional as women, as people, yes. and we can be so much more. And I think it's healthier when we do have a purpose. We're healthier parents. We're healthier women. Absolutely. Everything. Yes. Awesome. I love that. I, I do love that you look back on that. What do you know now? that you would tell your 16-year-old self if you could go back in time? Mm. 
I would tell my 16 year old self that it's okay to be different, that it's okay to do outside of the norm and be outside of the norm. It's okay to not fit in. It's okay to not do things that you don't want to do. I just reflect back on who I was as a 16 year old. And I just was so lost and so easily persuaded by people and other people around me. And it just, yeah, that would be what I would tell her is that it's okay. It's okay to be a boss. It's okay to follow your dreams and it's okay to just, you know, do your own thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because so many messages that we receive from, you know, society, from our parents, from our environment tells us that we have to be just this thing, you know, that there's limits on who we can be or what we can achieve. And I just wish, you know, I know my mom did the best with what she had. She was so engulfed in trying to provide a roof over our heads and feed us and clothe us that she explored, you know, she exploited us to certain elements like dance, like I took dance classes, Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden I had to stop because there wasn't enough money. Mm. And I just think about that, like, wow. And I still remember, you know, some of the things I did in that one year of training that I had in ballet. But if I could have gone further, would I have been, you know, on Broadway dancing or been a, a dance instructor or just anything like that? Not that I don't love what I'm doing now but we're not given a lot of opportunities to dream sometimes as little black girls because of the economic environment that we're in. Our parents, not that they don't want dreams for us or they don't have, you know, want us to dream. They're just busy trying to live and stay above water. Or sometimes they they don't know what freedom looks like, you know, and sometimes they rob us of that. You know, they, they laugh at us or they'll make jokes about us being different or wanting to try new things because they're not accustomed to trying new things. And so then it kind of, it kind of hinders you and makes you feel like, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. Or maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe I should go with something else, you know? Um, I absolutely agree. Right. Like going to college, accumulating a a large amount of debt that I have. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not even doing, well, I'm speaking. I did get a a bachelor's in in communication. So I do use that part of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I use all aspects of my degree, but I just think that it's crazy that we have to pay so much money to get the education. Absolutely. Sometimes not even use it in what we went to school for. So... Tell us about what you do. What is a doula and what is an herbalist? So a doula provides physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual support to moms throughout their pregnancy, all the way up into their postpartum phase. There are two different kinds of doulas. There's birth doula, there's postpartum doula. Birth doula is what I am. I uh, cater to moms throughout their pregnancy. And then I have doula sisters who are postpartum doulas that cater to moms after the baby and help to bring balance to the home. We basically educate these women and their families on statistics. We help them explore their options. We help them to advocate for themselves, which is extremely important, especially for black moms, you know, due to the statistics of the black mom, black maternal health. An herbalist is basically someone who studies herbs and looks for different ways naturally to heal 
ourselves and heal others around us as a community. And so that's what I do. I help to heal women and men. I help with fertility. I also help just to uh, bring balance to the body all over. So. Right. And that's so important because a lot of that came from our ancestors and we lost a lot of that, you know, yes. being brought over to North America and enslaved. We were not slaves when we came here. We were enslaved. So Absolutely. I want to sure say that correctly because we were never slaves, but we lost a lot of that connection to being able to heal ourselves naturally. And that's what I love about my husband, who's Nigerian. I was suffering earlier in May from an upper respiratory infection. Mm -hmm. And I, I went to the doctor twice and they gave me medicine. The first one, they gave me the z pack and then that kind of knocked out the infection a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then I just kept coughing and I couldn't stop coughing and it was worse at night. And he was like, I don't know why I didn't think about this, but he gave me this drink and I don't know what it's called. You can get it at the African store mm -hmm. and it has alcohol in it too. So sometimes they drink it for like, you know, a cocktail drink, mm -hmm. but it is horrible. <laughs> horrible. I would never <laughs> sip on it as a cocktail. Yes. Because I drank just a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. And I said, you, this is medicine. It tastes like medicine. It mm -hmm. tastes worse than castor oil. Mm -hmm. It tastes worse than anything I can imagine. Like I had to just get it down any way <laughs> I could. Yeah. Next day, all of that stuff, all of the phlegm, all of that congestion came up, gone, mm -hmm. came up. And he said that they make this drink with all of those herbs. So I'm so glad that you're connected to that and can offer alternative healings because I'm not a medicine taker. I don't like yeah. prescription because they help one thing and hurt something else. Absolutely respect herbs as well because you can take an herb that can hurt you just as much so having people like yourself who can educate us on what it can do for us and give us the things that will help us is just wonderful to know that what inspired you to become a doula and an herbalist I um, of course I have three babies and Every one of my pregnancies were unique. They all came with some type of complication. All of my children were preemie and all of my pregnancies were induced, which if you're not familiar with what an induction is, it's when complications arise and the doctors intervene to get the baby out sooner than its normal time or you know date just for the safety of mom and baby. The thing about it is, is that a lot of doctors induce for many reasons. Some of their intentions are pure. Some of their intentions are because it's a holiday and they don't want you in their room while they, you know, while they're trying to celebrate Christmas with their family or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they have somewhere to be an obligation to be. And they don't they want to get you in and out before that time so that they don't have to worry about not going to where they want to go. And so in my case, I had three inductions. And later found out that I didn't even have to get those inductions. Wow. Uh, wasn't necessary. Could have waited full term. I was only three weeks away from full term. And so not knowing my rights as a mom, not having anyone to explain to me why I had to get inductions, 
not being able to have a voice for myself and say, no, I don't want to do that. Yes, I would like to do that. It just really inspired me later on in life to just say, hey, okay, now I'm going to talk to other moms and their families and, and help them explore their options and allow them to have the births that they desire and that they want. If you want a decorated room, you can have a decorated room. If you want music playing, you can have music playing. If you don't want medicine, do not let them force you into medicine. That was where the inspiration came in for uh, being a doula. As far as inspiration to become an herbalist, I struggled really bad with periods, menstrual periods. Mm-hmm. And I would have heavy bleeding. It would be to the point where I'd be curled over in pain. I couldn't function throughout the day. I was extremely moody. And I went to the doctor and my last interaction with my doctor was, hey, I'm having this heavy bleeding. Something's not right. Um, mm-hmm. Is it because my tubes are tied? Can we get an answer as to why, you know, my periods have worsened? And so mm-hmm. her first and only response was birth control. And, you know, uh, knowing what I already knew about herbs due to my mom, my mom has always been into herbs. I knew that, you know, birth control wasn't the best route because birth control is not designed for our bodies, not the human body, but especially not the black body. You know, we just don't handle synthetic things the way other people do. Hormones that, you know, or that trigger hormones in our body as well. Yeah, it's just so unnatural. And so I didn't want to go that route. And so I began to get books. My mom would get me these books from the library on herbs and ways to heal myself. And so I would read the books. I would experiment. I got into yoni steaming because I had stumbled across a post about yoni steaming and helping alleviate period symptoms and pains and stuff. The person that I purchased my herbs from, it really did improve my periods a lot. And I have to give thanks to her. And so it made me want to just dig deeper into how I can improve my overall health, not just menstrual cycle. Once I got a glimpse of, you know, getting my menstrual cycles down to three days from five days to three days and no Mm -hmm. cramps. And I just started to study. I suffer from menstrual cramps and have suffered all of my life. Wow. I remember just being a teenager and suffering. I had bad PMS. Mm. Well, later on, it was discovered when I got an IUD, because when they do your IUD, they usually do a sonogram. Mm. And that's when my doctor discovered that I had fibroid cysts. Mm. And they were small at the time. And so she was like, we can remove them. And I was like, no, because I knew what that meant. Hysterectomy, you know, that type of thing. And I was like, no, if they're they're small, I can manage this, you know, this pain. I just got to do some lifestyle changes or whatever. So I knew to stop eating meat and dairy during that time frame. And it did lessen um, the pain that I feel. But it still didn't stop like the heavy periods. I was anemic, you know, because of so much loss of blood and things like that. But I had no idea to even think about herbs, you know, at that time. And there are so many women, Black, Hispanic, Caucasian, whatever, that suffer from fibroid cysts. Yes. And I believe it's from the foods that we're eating. Absolutely. And our sugar. All of it. (laughs) I'm not a scientist. I haven't done any studies on this. That's my belief. Yeah. But 
I know that people could, you know, if they can get the healing that they need from herbs and feel better, mm-hmm. man, because I tried everything. I remember sleeping with heating pads, mm-hmm. placing those icy hot pads on my stomach and mm-hmm. just everything to stop the pain. And mm-hmm. it is, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. And then when you, you soil your clothes, all of that. So and we've normalized it. We've normalized it. You know, that that's yeah, normal. Like that's, it's supposed to be that and way. This is what know? comes with periods and being a woman. And it's like, no. Oh, my God. You just like it just clicked with me about how we have normalized it. When you go to your doctor and you fill out the form, they ask you, do you have light periods, heavy periods? You know, heavy yes. flow, medium yes. flow. So that's making it normal. Yes. And it's not. Yes. Oh, my God, girl. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to commercial. When we come back, we'll talk about the world of childbirth and how Chardet is serving this community. I'm excited to introduce my dating and relationship coaching program, Fight Less with Shawnette Ahiabi. My new site, fight-less.com, is up and running. Pop on over and check it out. My relationship journey has been insightful and it's taught me many life lessons. Before I sought therapy and started working with a life coach, I spent many years falling in and out of love with men I wasn't compatible with and I could figure out what I was doing wrong. My self-development work helped me let go of my limiting beliefs that made me think I wasn't good enough or worthy of remarrying. I was able to break the cycle and transform those limiting beliefs. Beliefs that led me to settle for less than I deserved and marry a man who was abusive to me. Because I felt unworthy, I endured an unhealthy and unhappy marriage for eight years. That relationship was one of my biggest mistakes, but you guys, it was also my biggest blessing. I endured many struggles trying to make that relationship work. Struggles that led me to dive deep into my self-development, where I worked on transitioning my mind and my love story. Today, I'm happier than I've ever been with the man I was meant to walk this life with, and I want to share my secrets of happiness with you. I became a dating and relationship coach so that I can help you avoid the painful experiences that come with being lonely because you haven't found the right person or being in a relationship with the wrong person. When you're too close to the issue, it's hard for you to see what's keeping you stuck in the same patterns that are actually blocking you from having the love you desire and deserve. I've created a program that will truly help you change your situation, get unstuck, and remove what's blocking you from real love. I'll help you quickly get the clarity you need to unblock barriers that have hindered your ability to attract the love you want. I'll also help you align your needs as a woman with those of your relationship so that you can get out of a behavior cycle that's unhealthy for you and limits your ability to have a happy relationship. You'll learn relationship skills that transform your love story from one of disappointment and pain to that of abundant love where you can live a life of sustainable happiness. Go to fight-less.com for more information on how I can help you rewrite your love story.
Okay, Sade, take us into the world of childbirth. In your opinion, what compels couples or a mother-to-be to work with a doula versus the traditional medical route of having an OB-GYN assist with the birth? So I believe that right now, I think the pandemic has really shaped how people view birth now and how they want things done. I think the pandemic has really caused people to see how twisted the healthcare system can be. And so a lot of people are opting out of hospital births and they are starting to go back to what they know, which is midwives, doulas, home births without medication. They're starting to see that it's a healthier, more organic route. A lot of families, you know, there are certain moms and dads who hire doulas for certain reasons. You know, for some, it may be that their spouse works long hours and they just cannot get the full support that they need. And for others, it may be that they are completely happy in their relationship. They just want extra support. Either way, I'm here to service both. I love it. Wow. And I like that because just what you said, the pandemic reshaped the medical environment. Yes. The way that um, we care for ourselves, the way that we trust. Yes. Experts now. I've never been one to fully just give you my full 100 percent trust. When I go to my doctors, yes, (laughs) I interview them, especially if I'm changing doctors. And the first thing that I tell them is that I'm not a pill popper. And I want more natural and holistic ways of taking care of a problem that I have versus you pushing pills at me. That's the last resort. So put that on your pad that the last resort is that. But a lot of people don't advocate for their health care. They don't. I look at my mom. She's an older, she's the older generation. So whatever the doctor says is what goes. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, mommy, no, you're taking too much medicine. This is a cocktail for death that they're giving you. And when she told me she was taking a pill to go to sleep, I was like, mommy, you can take melatonin to go to sleep. (laughs) Well, I take a pill for acid reflux. Mommy, stop eating after four o'clock. Yes. Yes. There are solutions to every problem just about. Yeah. My acid reflux doesn't act up until in the morning. I said, that's because you've eaten too late at night and our bodies are not made to digest food at night. The purpose that the body has at nighttime is repairing and regenerating, not digesting food. So that food sits there and then it wants to come back up in the morning because it hasn't digested. And she was like, oh, okay. You know, so I'm slowly working on her (laughs) to be more of an advocate for her own health care because Mm -hmm. you know your body better than they know your body absolutely so that you can't tell me about my body I know my body I've lived with this body so you know it's just I think people are becoming more aware they've had time to research and with the whole flip of not being able to go into your doctor and not be able to go into the hospital when we were on lockdown and people were able to do online video uh, virtual appointments Mm -hmm. well that really pushes you in the direction to do more research about your healthcare because now you're not sitting in that person's office exactly with them and I think it's just a different dynamic now so your work is definitely needed. Your work is definitely celebrated by me and a whole lot of Thank other people. You. So 
Please keep doing what you're doing. What are some fears that clients have when working with you and how do you help them overcome those fears? The biggest fear I would say is something happening during birth. There are so many complications and things that arise and We have a thing with my clients where I call them prenatals. I come to their home and we talk about, you know, birth and we we prepare. And so at the beginning of my career, I used to talk about those complications and things that arise. But now I don't even mention them. We cross that bridge when we get there because I don't like to put things into the atmosphere and make it come true when it is, you know, it could definitely be avoidable. So Mm -hmm. I would say the biggest fear is definitely something happening during childbirth. And the way that I help support them during that is we do affirmations. I am huge on affirmations because I feel like our words carry so much life and so much power. And I'm also big on just remaining calm and encouraging them and sending them success stories of births that were successful here. Here's a video. You can now see that, you know, yes, things can happen. Yes, things can arise. But there are also so many success stories of women who got through childbirth and they made it through just fine. So in essence, what you're doing is taking the focus off of anything you know, just fixating on the bad things. Yes. Shifting their perspective. Okay. But at the same time, do you help them come up with a contingency plan just in case? Yes, we are. We work on our birth plan. So during those prenatal visits, I send them an outline of a birth plan. And so they are able to just go in and change what they want or keep what they want. It's all dependent on what they desire. We do talk about things that they prefer, such as, you know, medication intervention and uh, different, you know, like induction materials and things that they have to use in order to induce babies in case that Mm -hmm. arises. Um, Mm -hmm. We do come up with solutions to pretty much anything that can happen. That way we're prepared. And sometimes we can never be fully prepared. So when things arise in the labor room or birthing space, I like to just remain calm and explain to them as we go. That keeps them calm and level headed, because like I said, during my experiences, I didn't have anyone to explain to me why I was being induced or why certain things were happening. It was just we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. And it wasn't, you know, any explanation. And so I like to make sure that my clients have a deep understanding as to the choices that they have to make because it's life changing. Because you're what you're doing is actually bringing true bedside manner to that, <laughs> to Absolutely. the child. It's not a clinical. Yes. Very good. And I'm I'm glad to hear that you do work with them to come up with a contingency plan on things that could possibly happen. But like you said, you can't plan for everything. Sometimes the unknown does happen. Yes. Very good. What's your intake process? And this is a long question. So I'll ask this and then I'll, if you need me to repeat it, I will. How do you screen clients for underlying chronic conditions and their emotional health? And how do you verify if they're receiving quality health care? So your overall intake process with the client. So my overall intake process, of course, I cannot physically screen them for underlying illnesses that would have to be up to the midwife or a doctor of their choice. 
But as an herbalist, they can tell me certain symptoms that they're having, certain things that they may be dealing with. And from my standpoint, I can say, okay, you're lacking vitamin B or you're lacking this certain mineral and this should help you over time as you continue to take it. So I'm really good about dealing with things from an herbal standpoint and plant standpoint. As far as mental evaluation, I like to just kind of, we set up a uh, interview at the beginning of our journey together. This is how I know that we are fit to work together as client and doula. And Uh so I like to kind of ask about their background. Where did you come from? You know, what was your childhood like? What are you like now? Do you have high anxiety? Do you suffer from depression? Because most women who suffer with anxiety and depression prior to pregnancy, they are more prone to experience those things during pregnancy and especially in postpartum, they're more prone to postpartum depression. Um, So that's something I always keep in mind. And that's always something I like to hold on to throughout the journey, just so that I know how to tread and deal with them accordingly. So, yeah. Okay. And so there is some type of uh, process that you do with them to kind of figure out how healthy they are. Have you ever had to turn someone away because their health condition wasn't conducive to a healthy birth? You could spot that right away. Physically, no, I have not turned down anyone due to, you know, me being able to tell that it wasn't going to be a a great birth, but mentally and emotionally, yes, I did have to turn away a client. This was a few years back. She struggled a lot with just family. She had family, you know, issues. She had a lot of secrecy. She had a lot of things that I just don't stand for. And it wasn't that I wasn't willing to help her work through those things. It was that she was totally dependent on me, kind of like I was God to her, that she wanted me to do something that I just didn't have the space to do. You know, I couldn't fill that void for her. Unfortunately. And so we agreed that we just were not the best fit for one another moving forward. And we actually had to cut ties and break ways and, you know, in the middle of our journey. And I learned so much from that because I was able to learn the kind of clients that I desire and the kind Mm -hmm. of clients that I want, the kind of clients that I want. Because a lot of times people, they, before they hire us, they take us through all these questions. They want to know so many questions about us. They even go as far as background search. Uh Um, But you rarely hear about doulas interviewing clients and asking the proper questions. And I really feel like in my experience, it matters. It really matters what a person goes through. It matters what they deal with mentally, emotionally on a daily basis, because you have to have the space to provide space for them. You have to be able to, you know, support them the best that you know how and that the best that you can. So I definitely urge, you know, other doulas to do proper research on your clients, ask all the questions. Do not be afraid to ask questions because it matters. Your health matters too. (laughs) It does. Um, Cause I, you know, I deal with clients through the coaching program Mm -hmm. and some clients are not coachable. They're not, they're just not receptive to being coachable. And some of them have underlying conditions that they really need to see a therapist for because coaches are not therapists. (laughs) Say that again. (laughs) 
coaches are not therapists. Yes. And motivating you and helping you reach your goals that you want to reach by using tools and resources. But we are not therapists. And then through my wedding planning site, I deal with clients that come to me wanting to plan their wedding. And sometimes we're not a good fit. Yes. Yeah. Your budget may be too low for what you want to do. And I'm just not that person that's going to say, oh, yeah, we can do this and we can do that. And then you get in the middle of the process and you're like, I'm telling you, you don't have enough money and you're mad at me. So I tell them right off the bat when I do that first free consultation with you, that is my screening process and your screening process to see if we're a good fit. So I totally get it. We don't fit with everyone. I tell people all the time, I am not the doula for everyone. And I, it bothered me so much at the beginning, but I am literally okay with not being the doula for everyone. For some doulas... It's Let's virtual high five on that because yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the coach and I'm not the planner no. for everyone. There so are some doulas who pick, you know, they, they, it, for them, it's quantity over oh. quality. They want all the births on their belt. And I am just not that doula. I prefer quality clients over quantity. I have not had as many births as some of these doulas out here. And I'm okay with it because it's by choice. Right. Right. And I love that. Cause that's me. I like, we got a mesh. Otherwise it's going to be aligned. uh, It's going to be unpleasant. Absolutely. And who wants that, you know, during this process that we're working together and there's friction always. No, I'm with you 100% on that. Now, if an emergency happens during childbirth, how do you handle that? And I know you had spoke to this a little bit about being calm and keeping the the client calm during the process and explaining things to them. But can you think of a time that there has been an emergency or that you know of maybe from other doulas and what that was and how it was handled? In emergencies, of course, you know, like I said, I I remain calm because both of us cannot be enraged and stressed out. I like to just hold space in those moments, whatever that looks like for that client. If they want me to hold them in that time of emergency, if they want me to pray for them in that time of emergency, it really just depends on what they need from me in that moment. I love that because everybody's different. Everybody acts differently. And I think the the most important thing that you're doing is keeping them calm and, you know, just keeping the situation from going to, you know, a 10, keeping it down to level one as much as possible. Yes. Awesome. Okay, I need to take a break for commercial. But when we come back, we'll talk about how Charday balances work and family life. Have you been searching for resources and tools that support your aspirations for a happier life? Look no further. The Charmed Life newsletter is the resource you've been looking for to empower you with content that supports a happy body, mind, and spirit. Each month, you will receive exclusive articles on lifestyle, self-care, and wellness content that help you live a happier and healthier life. Go to yourdayandbeyond.com today and subscribe to get the Charm Life newsletter delivered to your inbox once a month. Every issue delivers quick-witted and easy-to-implement resources and tips to help you achieve a balanced and happier life. 
Every issue contains delicious, quick-to-make recipes, mindfulness activities, self-care and wellness tips, and so much more. Okay, let's talk about how you manage all of this because babies don't set an appointment. They come at any time. Absolutely. How do you manage and balance work and family through this process? When we have those consultations with my clients, I make it a point to explain, to help them understand that my family is my first ministry. My ultimate goal is to make sure that you have the birth of your dreams, but my first ministry is my family. I set healthy boundaries surrounding my family um, as far as I work between, you know, certain hours after these hours. I do not work. That is family time unless it is an emergency. Then you can call me, text me, whatever you need to do. If you decide to text me after business hours, you will be responded to the next business day. As far as business things like baby showers, gender reveals, I keep my family away from that. I separate business from personal unless I decide to make, you know, a client, a friend. And then of course, then, you know, that's different, but I definitely like to keep both of them separate. I enjoy my family time weekends after hours. That's for my family business, you know, during business hours. Like I said, as long as it's not an emergency, I'm definitely here. What about those times when the baby comes at two in the morning? <laughs> Ooh, when the babies come at two in the morning, I have the best support system ever between my husband and my father. I mean, my uh, my mother. I mean, it's unmatched. I literally, I'll tap my husband on the shoulder. I'll say, hey, it's a birth, you know, and he'll be like, okay, he'll flip back over and start snoring. And I'm secure because I know that my kids are good. I know that they're they're in good hands. I know that he's going to wake up and, you know, make sure everybody is safe and set. Sometimes my mom will get them if my husband has to work. And so it's really, I really have an amazing village. I cannot complain about that at all. No, and I have seen your village at work. And I actually, I don't think you knew that I was paying attention to you guys this past weekend when we were at a party together. Your husband, I don't know, I think you were holding your baby boy and your husband was on his phone. He was standing next to you. And your baby wanted something and you were talking and he just instinctively picked up something, gave it to the baby and the baby stopped whining. (laughs) And I said, "Okay, he's a present father. Mm -hmm. You know, he knows his kids. He Mm -hmm. knows what they need Mm -hmm. when they need it. He knows what to do. And he went right back to whatever he was doing. doing (laughs) And I said, "Okay, I am loving your family. Like I and Mm -hmm. I fell in love with dad in that moment. Thank you. <laughs> as, a, as a dad. So I definitely can attest to you having a support system that is above and beyond what you yeah. need. And that is so important to have that. So important. What type of clients do you work with? And that's from educational background, all kinds, I guess, lifestyles. What, what type of clients do you usually work with? So the clients that I usually work with are usually earthy like me. I guess I attract what I am. So I do attract a lot of earthy clients, a lot of uh, clients who are vegan, holistic, or aiming to go that route. I have noticed as of lately, I believe me and you talked about this this weekend. I have noticed that my clientele as of lately 
has been single moms. And Mm -hmm. as you know, I was a single mom for four years. And so I feel like there's a purpose behind that. I feel like God had me go through what I went through as a single mom for other women for times like this, because I would think I was telling you too, there are women who have hired me and they come in with their spouse or their partners. And we end up finishing this, this birth with just me and her, you know, things just happen that way. And so I believe it literally is for a purpose. And I, I thank God that he took me through that because that was, it, it didn't make sense then, but it right. makes so much sense now. And it didn't feel good. It did not feel good. good. Those struggles and those challenges, because that's the same thing I say about my relationships. I've been through being a widow at a young age, being a single mom, you know, and then remarrying the wrong person and then going through a a relationship that was very dysfunctional Mm -hmm. to now being married to a man that, oh, my God, I could not have created a better person, a better spirit in life if I had made him myself and it just, you know, when you're going through your journey, like you said, you don't know why you're going through it and you're like praying and crying and suffering, but you come out of it. You come come out out of it. And that is, I think that is where God has me right now. It's, you know, I'm, I've remarried, I'm in a healthy, healthy relationship, relationship. you know, and, and a lot of people think, Oh, that's too good to be true. Oh, I can't have happy kids. Oh, I can't have a happy home. It's not too good to be true. It's not. It's, so possible. Like I wake up every day happy. Every day. Yes. I can't, the the only time I cry is that time of the month. I could be watching a commercial or something like that. I or feel you. I, cry, I cry out of happiness. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. but it's possible. Yeah, so to the listeners out there, you can have a happy and healthy relationship. Yes. You can have happy and healthy kids. You can have all of that as a woman and you deserve it. Absolutely. So it's possible. We're living proof. We went yeah. through hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and look at us now. So yeah. yes, it's definitely possible. Okay, tell us about your other ventures and how you manage being that wife and that mother. And you talked about this a little bit about how you keep things separate. You know, your time with your family is your most cherished and you don't let anything interfere with that. You keep the boundaries up. So mainly talk about other ventures that you have and how you're going to be managing all of those with what you're doing now. So I am recently, I spoke at a Juneteenth festival on black maternal health. This was totally out of my comfort zone, but after doing it, I've decided that I definitely want to be more of a voice for black women around the world. And so I want to travel. I would like to travel and start doing speaking engagements. I also, I've started traveling with births. I have different moms in different cities and states and even countries. My plan is to take my family with me. We're going to make it a vacation. We're going to make it time together. And so I also help create sister circles and sister circles are just gathering women together Mm -hmm. and uh, being a support system for one another and talking about things that we don't get to talk about at home because, you know, although we love our husbands, sometimes they don't understand from a woman's standpoint and what they go through and we don't understand what they go through. So just creating more circles around the world. I want to travel and create circles 
for women all over the world to be able to, you know, share and connect. I think that is awesome. And I love the whole concept because you're right. Sometimes husbands can only give you so much because they're coming from a male perspective. So they really can't understand some of those deep down core issues that bother us and why we feel the way we do or why we act the way we do sometimes. And they're just trying to be good husbands, but they're like, I don't know what to do. They don't understand. (laughs) I don't know what to do and I don't understand, but I think sister circles are awesome. And I I really am going to keep following you on that and hope you, you know, have the best of luck being able to travel all over the world because I think it's needed everywhere. It's time for us as women to get back to really supporting one another and stop all this addiness and competition and all of that. We need each other. We need each other the same things and if you're over here stuck in your world thinking I'm the only one going through this that's why so many of them commit suicide and make bad decisions because you don't want to talk about it not that we want to share people's business and I'm sure your sister circle is a tight circle of women who are have integrity and are not gossiping and things like that (laughs) to help each other um, through whatever things you're going through because nine times out of ten what you're going through somebody else already went through yes awesome awesome okay so how do you stay motivated And what do you do when you don't feel inspired or motivated? I stay motivated by taking time for myself in whatever way that looks like in that moment. Self-care is a big thing for me. I'm honestly at the age of 30, I'm just discovering what self-care looks like for me because Mm -hmm. for so long I've allowed society and other people tell me what self-love looks like. So I did those things and I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't feel fulfilled because that wasn't my way of self-care. So I like to just take breaks, disconnect from social media, disconnect Uh from people in a healthy way. Of course, I let people know, you know, hey, you know, I need some time, but disconnect. I love to disconnect. I love to travel. Uh This coming weekend, I'm actually working, but also the rest of it is vacation. So I'm taking some time and I actually uh, have a birth coming up. So this is going to be my time to myself to disconnect for a little bit, to be able to just relax. I love reading. I love learning. Um, Just a few weeks ago, I was feeling a little overwhelmed. And so Mm -hmm. my husband was like, why don't you just, you know, do something that you love to do? And so my idea at that time was going downtown, getting a smoothie and writing for hours. And I did just that. I literally went downtown, got a smoothie, and I sat there for three hours straight looking at the water fountains. And I didn't even write. I wrote a little bit, but Mm -hmm. the rest of it was just me sitting there and being, not talking. No one required anything of me in that moment. And I came back feeling so refreshed and so rejuvenated. And I'm again, I'm grateful for that. I'm I'm grateful that he allows me that time to disconnect and reconnect, you know? So, yeah. And those little things mean so much. And you're right. Self-care looks different for everyone. And it's funny that you said that because I was just thinking about 
the event that we had this weekend and how much time I put into that, you know, working with the client and I was drained number one from the heat and everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get back to to my normal schedule, my normal routine on Monday. Well, really Sunday. Mm -hmm. I think I slept Sunday from noon to midnight. And had no idea. So me and my husband both were tired. We woke up at midnight and I was like, oh, well, Sunday's gone, you know, (laughs) and I didn't get anything done. And then Monday and Tuesday, I was dragging so much. Mm -hmm. And yesterday I finally got enough energy to start doing things around the house and start, you know, putting inventory back and all of that. But I realized yesterday that I need to reprioritize after I have an event Mm-hmm. because events take so much out of me Absolutely. that I need that time to self-care, whether that is not do anything, not work on anything, work mm-hmm. in my garden. I worked in my mm-hmm. garden Monday mm-hmm. all day, pretty much because my cucumbers are growing and they're a vine plant. So they grow up yeah, and cool. I was trying to get them on this trellis that I bought. So I spent a lot of time out there just going through picking weeds out, but that's my happy place, yeah. you know? And I can sit out there for hours until it gets Mm -hmm. too, too hot. Mm -hmm. And then I come in, but just looking at my, my vegetables growing and just, you know, just self care for you. Yeah. That's my self care. Yeah. Mondays I've, I've learned on Mondays. I don't do anything that I don't want to do. Mondays are like my rest days. I don't want to talk. I don't want to connect. I don't want to do anything but sleep and walk around. (laughs) However I want to walk around. Right. Whatever. Yes. Yes. That's okay. But for some of us and a lot of us out there, a lot of women, we've been made to feel like, oh, you're being lazy or, you know, that's just a new term for always have to be doing something. No, you don't always have to be doing something. Sometimes it's good to just sit with yourself and sit with your thoughts. And I disconnect from social media a lot. Like, my pages are like so down because yes. yeah. I do, I disconnect so, you know, so much, but I try to get back into it, but I get that and I get the whole self-care thing. It looks different for everyone. Aside from what we talked about, about your self-care, how does that help you care for yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually? Oh, it does so much for me. It really it helps me to continue to flourish. It helps me not to become burned out on uh, doula work because doula work, it can be exhausting. It's so rewarding, but it can be so exhausting. It's um, also very emotional. Very emotional. I really, I carry on and I'm already emo. I'm already, I already carry on the emotions of people on a daily basis. I I feel like I am always the go-to person for a lot of people. So I carry that in my personal life as well as in the, on the pregnancy journey as well and in the birthing space. So I, I carry a lot of emotions. And so it really just spending time with myself and being able to sit with myself really frees me from, you know, feeling depleted, feeling like just cannot go on anymore. And usually when I get to those points, it's because I have not spent time with God. I have not spent time with myself. It, it just, nothing goes right when that happens. And see, I am so like you in that way, because I know when I've been disconnected from God too long and I journal, 
I journal pretty much. I try to journal every day, mm-hmm. but when I'm not going back to my basics, which is praying and meditating yeah. and journaling and just having that quiet time, I feel like I'm not balanced. Yes. Yeah, I feel like I'm not balanced and I know exactly what to do. Get back to the basics. Get back to the basics. Get back to the basics. Okay, let's break for commercial. And when we come back, we'll learn more about Sade's activism in working to reduce Black maternal mortality. If you're tired of the dating game or hookup culture and want to attract the authentic love you desire and deserve, go to fight-less.com and register for my dating masterclass. In this masterclass, you're going to learn how to identify men you are compatible with and who want to be in a committed relationship that's happy and healthy, just like you. You'll also learn how to break the cycle of falling hard and fast for a man only to be let down and disappointed because he didn't feel the same way about you. If any of this resonates with you, I invite you to sign up now for my free dating masterclass because space is limited to allow for more intimate conversations. So go reserve your seat now and be prepared to gain the insight you need to manage your thoughts about love so you can achieve breakthroughs from faulty belief systems and stories you tell yourself about not being worthy enough to have a beautiful life or a happy and healthy relationship. I'll guide you in the process of turning your past hurts into your greatest blessings by helping you tap into to your own power to create new stories from your future and not your past. Go to fight-less.com today for more information about my upcoming dating masterclass. And remember, when you commit to doing the work, you can rewrite your love story. Okay, let's get into more insight into the doula world. How does being a doula serve your your purpose in life? Oh, it does so much for me. I literally, it's, it's indescribable. I just, the fact that I'm walking in my purpose every day, today is actually my doula anniversary. Um, so I've just- Thank you. I've been reflecting all morning just how far I've come and how impactful it's been for not only other women, but for me as well. I get a sense of peace and joy and being able to support women and being able to educate women and being able to love on women. Women need love. Like you said earlier, we need each other. We need support. We need unwavering support and love. Girl, yes. So it it just really makes my heart happy. I really am fulfilled. I can't say that I've ever been this fulfilled. I've been in the beauty industry. I've worked at stores and I've never been this fulfilled. And I just believe that women is where God had me right now, speaking to women, ministering to women in whatever way, you know, resonates best and, and most is where he has me right now. I love it, Sade. I love all of this. What is the earning potential of a doula and what credentials are needed? So doulas make pretty good money. We can go, um, the the price range can go all the way up to 6,000. It really just depends on the experience of the doula. Yeah, it can range 
all the way up to that. You don't have to have a license or even a a certification to be a doula. I always say that it's best to be certified just so Uh that you can have those credentials and so that people can trust you and know that you are experienced. Being Becoming a doula, it really is not hard. I just say do research. And there are different types of trainings for doulas. There are some that are, you can be certified in a couple of days. And that's the route that I took. Okay. Um, And that is dependent on your learning ability. You know, are you a fast learner? Are you a slow learner and you need more time? Are you more hands on? Or, you know, it really just depends. There are some trainings that it takes months for you to get certified. And some believe that's the right way. And I say, do whatever's best for you. The fast way was easy for me because the environment that they had me in was in a home. I learned in a home. And for me, that was very personable for me because... I love places that make me feel like home. Right. Um, right. And they were very family oriented. And the, the learning was, it was just, even though it was so quick and I had to absorb all this knowledge in like three days, uh-huh. it was so beneficial. It was, I was able to write it down. And even to this day, I go back and I reflect on the notebook that I use. Uh-huh. And when I have questions, I just go back to that notebook and I still, you know, it doesn't matter which route you decide to go. Either way, you're you're a doula. It doesn't take away your credentials and your experiences. And right. as you can see, you can be successful with a three day training or a monthly training. It doesn't matter. So, so it's really easy. You can you can become a doula as fast as you want to become a doula. <laughs> okay. so an unregulated industry, it sounds like, but you're also working with other healthcare professionals like the midwife because midwives have to be, do they have to be certified? They're just like doctors. Yeah. There's license. Right. Yeah. Okay. They have to be licensed and certified. So you're working in partnership with them. So that is awesome. And then, like you said, it's unregulated, but you chose to get the credentials. So that's great because it gives you that extra layer so that people can trust that you know Absolutely. what you're doing. What advice would you give someone who wants to become a doula? I would say do your proper research on what a doula is. Mm -hmm. Be sure that you are, that you have the space mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically to be able to give that to other women. For example, you know, earlier I stated that there are birth doulas, there are postpartum doulas. For me, I stick to being a birth doula because I don't feel that I have the space mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually for postpartum work right now in this moment. Maybe as my kids get older, I'll be able to cater more to women on that side. But stick to what you know, stick to what you can do. Don't Mm -hmm. overwhelm yourself. Don't jump into the doula field thinking that you have to be like everyone else. It really is okay to be different. It is okay to march to the beat of your own drum. And it's okay if you just want to, you know, stir things up a little bit and do things differently. I love that advice. I love that. It's okay to be you. Yes. 
I know that many of you are struggling with unhealthy and unhappy relationships, and that's why I became a dating and relationship coach. I don't want another woman to go through the pain I went through to find the man that was meant for her. I've created a special space where I can connect with you on a more intimate level, and that allows me to nurture you with coaching, inspiration, motivation, and the support you need to live your best life ever. Go to fight-less.com today. I know that many of you have been desiring and praying to be in a committed relationship and it hasn't happened for you yet, but please don't give up. Sign up for my free dating masterclass so that I can help you uncover the things that are blocking you from the love you desire and deserve. Go to fight-less.com today and sign up for the dating masterclass in July. Don't miss this opportunity. Sign up today before all the seats are taken. I'm keeping this class small because I want to have intimate conversations with you. I want to get down in the weeds with you so that we can find out what's blocking you and we can remove those blocks so that you can quickly attract the love you have been waiting for. I now know why I went through all that I did. It was because of you. My purpose is to help and serve women who are going through experiences that I've conquered and come out on the other side happier and healthier. I love the beautiful life I've created and I'm living, and I want the same for you. Go to fight-less.com today. So what resources, Sade, can you recommend for listeners who are considering hiring a doula? What resources can you recommend that they can kind of do some research on doulas and finding doulas and things like that? In searching for doulas, I definitely recommend hashtags if you're a part of social media, hashtagging your area. Example, if you're in DFW, type in DFW doulas, DFW doula. Reading books, On doulas, I think it's important for people who are wanting to hire a doula to understand what a doula is. That way we avoid situations like I spoke on earlier where we look to our doula for everything Mm -hmm. um, and you're not very clear on what she can offer, what she cannot offer in creating that boundary. I also just recommend Google. Google is is really, <laughs> I mean, honestly, Google for the win. I Google everything right. to this day. I do not know everything and I Google Googling just, you know, doulas and don't be afraid to approach a doula just because she's out of your city or state. I travel. I love to travel. I definitely get to the births in time. So don't be afraid to just reach out and ask questions. Awesome. Awesome. And tell us about, I know you talked about some of your current projects, but can you mention those to us again, like the sister circle and how listeners can connect with you? Make sure you give us your, your handles, your website, everything, but remind us again about the projects that you're working on. Okay. So the, the projects that I'm working on is first the sister circle. I am, I had my first sister circle at the beginning of the pandemic and it was such a success. And I enjoyed bringing women together and I enjoyed seeing women connect. And some of those women are still connected to this day. And I love to see it. So I plan to travel around the world to create sister circles, mostly for doulas. I didn't make that clear earlier. 
Okay. Mostly for doulas to be able to connect. The birthing world can be a little uptight. Black women have a history of kind of not getting along and being catty. Like you said, it's not just black women, it's just women in general. Yes. Um, But, you know, just coming together, putting aside our differences and connecting and finding that we really do have a lot in common. So traveling to do that also, you know, I want to do more speaking engagements, speaking on black maternal health, you know, whether it's in the same city from state to state nationwide, however you want to do it. I want to be a voice for black women all over the world. I want to be a voice for women, period. Awesome. Um, So those are my plans coming up. Okay. So you guys, you heard her. She is available to do speaking engagements. Hire her so that she can give you more information on this process about the doula, how she can help with your birthing. And she travels as she's a traveling doula. So she can help you anywhere in the world. She may have to get there a few months earlier if you're across the continent or something (laughs) like that. How can they connect with you? Give us your websites or your Instagram handles. Okay, so on Etsy, you can find me at Hippie Place. That's my herbal website. I cater to men, women, kids. I have something for everybody. Um, okay. I do not bite. Please ask questions if you need it. <laughs> My Instagram is boho, B-O-H-O, mama, the doula. Boho, mama, the doula on Instagram. Awesome, awesome. Shade, thank you so much for carving out time to be with us today and enlighten us on the work you're doing in the childbirthing community and particularly the advocacy work you're doing to help educate us on safe alternative options for childbirth and fighting to reduce Black maternal mortality. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's show. Join me on Wednesdays as we continue to dismantle and unpack belief systems that are no longer serving you. Turn on your notifications so you don't miss the new episodes or details about new programs I'm working on. I know you have many choices when it comes to listening to great content. I'm thankful you chose to listen to Your Day and Beyond. Join me here on Wednesdays for some impactful and thought-provoking insight on topics about dating and relationships and everything in between. Hit the subscribe button now so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a comment. I'd love to hear your feedback. If this episode inspired you, share it with a friend and help me grow my subscribers. If you're feeling stuck in a cycle of unhappiness in your relationship that's unhealthy or you're fed up with dating and want to be in a committed relationship, reach out to me on my Instagram handles, fight less underscore screw more or your day underscore and underscore beyond. And let's come up with a plan to help you get unstuck.